Hey, everybody. It's uh, Friday, July 23rd, 2021. And uh, yep, I'm a day late. Try to release episodes on Thursday. Had a plan. Week was getting busy, and it was going to be busy. And then um, plans changed. We had some good things happen this week. We had some really bad things happen this week. And so what I originally planned on talking about, and in the episode I originally planned to release, uh, I will try to schedule for next week. Um, instead, I, I just want to address something that I think that I know has been critical for me personally in the last year. It's been especially critical for me in the last few days. And I think it is especially critical for everyone, for you, for your significant other, for your friends, for your family. And it is one of the driving forces behind what I do now post-military. Stop wasting time. That's the message I have for you. The reminder I have for myself. Um, I think to some extent, most of us are just wasting so much time either because we assume we have enough, we assume we'll have more, we assume that as soon as we get to this next stage or this next milestone, you know, as soon as I get that promotion, things will be better. I'll have more control over my time. I'll finally be able to give the kids the time that they need and deserve. I'll be able to pull my foot off the gas and take my husband, my wife, out for date night. It, it, it never gets better when you reach that milestone. Things can change, but the only person, the only entity on the earth that can truly affect that change and make things different for the better is you. Before you just kind of whip your head back and, and look at your phone or throw your phone across the room, right? I'm, I'm honestly not recording this to scold you or anybody out there listening. Uh, I'm, I'm recording it to scold and remind me. That I'm wasting time. I might be wasting less of it perhaps than I used to, but I mean, let's cut the shit. I'm, I'm wasting time as much as anyone else. If you think you are truly operating at your full potential, doing not just what you're meant to do, but living a life and doing it in a way that's true to yourself and that is 
the dream you have in your mind for yourself, then you are a hero and you are doing what you are meant to and you are fulfilling a dream that you've had for yourself for however long. And that's awesome. What I know and what I believe for many people, not just around me in my own personal circles, but all over the place, all over the country and, and elsewhere in the world, so many of us chase someone else's dream. So many of us chase someone else's definition of success. I, I joined the military. I entered active duty in 2008 deliberately. I made a choice to put on the uniform and it was a personal choice based on my background. And I felt I owed something back to this country and I'm grateful for the country and for the opportunity it gave my parents. And so by extension for the opportunity it gave me simply to exist, to live and to build a life however I saw fit. And so I owed this country something. I entered active duty after being medically disqualified three different times. I had at one point or another signed my name on a piece of paper for every single military service, just trying to find my way in. I finally found a, my way in and a, and a home, a temporary home, if nothing else, in the Air Force. And for a while, I think, was making my own way. And then, you know, like any other corporate environment, realized I was simply a cog in someone else's machine. And there are hundreds of thousands of military members across all the services across the country and stationed around the world that are there for the right reasons. They care, number one, about their brother and sister next to them. They're doing this for their families, for their country. You know, some people join for money reasons and for education or to get away from their old communities. All those reasons are valid. We've got hundreds of thousands of men and women doing the right thing in the military. But from a corporate standpoint, for me, the late nights, the weekends, the extra calls, the micromanagement, the, the, the leadership that said one thing and did another, right? It got to a point where it was too much. And I realized that I was simply a cog in someone else's machine. And I was building a career that was based on someone else's definition of success. And sacrificing any, any opportunity I had at having a family, which was a dream, you know, to have a, to raise a family, to raise kids, uh, which was a dream of mine, honestly, longer than the military dream was. So most of you, I think know this story, got out of the air force in 2021. And now I work in the private sector. I have more control over my life. Yes, I have responsibilities. Yes, I still have to perform well at my job. I mean, that's normal, but I have, by leaps and bounds, a ton more control over my life, over my time. Um, a ton more control over, you know, if I leave early to go pick up the kids early or if I take them to school or if I need to take someone to a doctor's appointment to help Maggie out, right? I can do those types of things now, whereas I really couldn't before. What does that mean to you? Maybe nothing, but it helps me process what is a lesson I continue to learn every day, every week, every month of the year um, is that we waste so much time 
chasing someone else's definition of success. We waste so much time chasing someone else's dream. We appropriate other people's dreams as our own, not because we want that dream, but because we think we, we think we will somehow achieve our own dream or we will be fulfilled if we, simil- if we simply absorb that other person's definition of success as our own. How many of you are in the corporate space, in the private sector, in a company somewhere, in a cubicle, perhaps in a small office with a window if you're lucky? How many of you are in a corporate space right now gunning for promotion, dealing with office politics, right now dealing with whether you're going to work remote or not, and perhaps your leadership's behind it, perhaps they're not, hoping that eventually you can progress into some sort of senior management leadership position and finally make a difference, only to find out that when you get into that position, you will be overcome by the same force of inertia that your predecessors were, and the cycle will continue to repeat itself. If that is where you want to be, it's your choice. Good on you. I, I, I am not here to judge your choices. I am simply here to judge my own. But I can tell you the reason why I have started to build a program, a coaching program, focused specifically on career transition, right? It started as a, mili- as a post-military transition thing, and then I realized there are hundreds of thousands of people out there, perhaps millions of people out there, that have the spark, the, the bits and pieces, sketches of a dream in their mind. They know what they would go do, right? It's a classic question. What would you go do if money weren't a factor, if money wasn't an issue, if it, wasn't, if it was no object? What would you go do? When you daydream or when you dream at night or when you think about, wow, if only, what do you see? What painting, what picture, what do you draw in your mind of what your life would look like if? The one reason, the sole reason I'm building this program is to help you live that dream in reality. Every one of us, every one of us has a dream. I had a dream of what my life would look like as an adult. I had a dream of what life would look like post-military. Even though I didn't know when the military career would end, I had a dream. I, I had a vision of what I wanted it to look like. After all that time in uniform, getting out of the Air Force, dealing with the mental, emotional, physical ups and downs. You know, for the first time in my life, I, I, I hate it. I hate it when someone asks, you know, how are you doing? And the other person responds with living the dream. I heard it all the time on active duty. And I bet good money every single time it was total bullshit. It's usually laced with sarcasm. And it's always just meant to call out, you know, know, dealing with the suck like always. Living the dream. Living the dream, sir. Living the dream, boss, like always. Okay. Whose dream, I started to ask, right? And folks would kind of smirk and laugh and we'd move on. I'm, I'm I'm not trying to go negative just to go negative. 
but this has been an up and down week for sure. And it, and as we get to the near, to the end of the week, you know, I, I missed the Thursday episode. I missed a good number of things. And I was debating it's, it's Friday night. I'm going to release this as soon as I'm done recording it. It's Friday night and I've got the Olympic opening ceremonies on in the background. And I'm just thinking to myself, how much time are we all wasting? What should we be doing? What should we be working toward? A lot of us, I think, are scared because we need a job. And we take jobs and we apply for and accept jobs not because we want to do that job, but because we simply need to earn the income that supports our family, that allows us to go do the other things we actually want to do with our lives. So, you know, my Maggie reminds me of this all the time, and I know if you've, you've probably heard this before, and, and the saying makes its rounds. There are folks that live to work, and there are folks that work to live. I used to live to work. Work is all I did. At work, I thought about it. At home, I took phone calls. At home, on leave, on vacation. We are moving ourselves closer in my family to a work-to-live mindset where, yes, we work. We work hard. We support our organizations. We support the teams we work with. But ultimately, we are living for our families, for our kids, for the experience that we want them to have for the experiences we still want to have. But I think even the idea that we work to live, even that dynamic gives me pause because it's, it's just like work-life balance, right? I, I don't like the word balance. And I know a lot of people now have come out saying they don't like the word balance because it, it, it evokes all sorts of things that really aren't true or, or practical or feasible, you're, you're never in balance. You're always choosing one thing over the other, right? I, I don't take the kids to work with me every day. I don't work from their school or keep them home and work from home, right? There is always a period of time where we've either elected to work or elected to stay with the kids. More often than not, we work during the day and we're with our kids in the morning and in the evening. But we're always making that choice. But how we make that choice during the day really affects the choices we've made after the day is over. I, I felt fulfilled and felt like I was doing something meaningful in the Air Force, but I didn't recognize for a long time what it was still doing to my psyche, to my psychology. Despite how tense, how short, how irritated, irritable I would get at the end of the day and over the weekends. I would have a pretty good Saturday and then by Sunday afternoon I'm a wreck because the cycle's going to start up all over again. What do you feel like on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, before you're going to work on Monday? If Sundays always seem to be rough, spend some time exploring why that is. And if that experience leads you to say that what I'm doing Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday or Tuesday through Tuesday, whatever it is, if, the, if what I'm doing 
doesn't line up with where I want to be, well then, what would? And what steps would you need to take to get to it? To answer those questions, I am here to help you get from A to B. But I can't carry you there. I can't do it for you. And no one else can either. Coaching isn't about delivering answers. It's not even about laying out a path. It is, in fact, asking the right questions and supporting someone else's thought process so that they can build out the right path. I don't do what I do so that I can simply tell you what to do. I do what I do so that you can tell yourself and decide what to do. So I can't see you right now. You can't talk back to me or say anything back to me. So I can leave you with this. I'll, I'll say first, um, there's a lot I'm leaving out in terms of how this week went for a variety of reasons that hopefully you can understand and appreciate. Some good happened and some really bad happened. And the really bad, of course, like all tragedies or most tragedies, right, does a great job of reminding me that even though I'm better than I was, I'm still wasting a whole lot of time. And I'm complaining about things I have no right to complain about. I'm resisting things, actions, opportunities that I have no business resisting. And that I am, in fact, living the dream. No sarcasm whatsoever. I am living every bit of the dream that I had when I was a, that when I was a kid, middle schooler, high schooler. I'm living every part of the dream that I had when I was on active duty getting ready to leave the Air Force and become a civilian again. I'm living the dream. The path toward it was long and meandering and bumpy really, really hard, but I am living the dream and for so many reasons that I won't list right now, I don't regret any bit of the long meandering bumpy path that got me here. So think about this as you step to your weekend or your week, depending on when you listen to this. I was listening to an interview with James Lawrence. He goes by Iron Cowboy. You can find him on social media as uh, at Iron Cowboy. He's an endurance athlete. He's completed um, several different challenges. He raises awareness, raises money for different causes. The challenge he was talking most about on this interview was his 100, 101, technically, if you, if you don't know this, or if you know the story, you may not know this part. He did 101 Ironman triathlons in 101 days. So once a day, every day for 101 days, right? It was about a third of a year. Maybe a little less. For 101 days straight, he did an Ironman triathlon. If you don't know what that is, 2.4 miles swam in the water. 112 miles on the bike, and then a full marathon on foot, 
26.2 miles running. He did one of those, swim to bike to run, once a day, every day for 101 straight days. And at one point, in a post I did on Instagram and Facebook, I, I said it was number 85. And since then, I think it was number 91. I look back at the interview again. So I, I got the number wrong on, on social when I posted it, but the, the lesson's the same. So he was up there somewhere between 85 and 91, meaning he had nine or 15 left to go. Nine or 15 days, which means nine or 15 full Ironman triathlons to go. And he's doing this in a remote area. He's doing it around trails and there's a pool. So he's not going to different race sites. He's done stuff like that in the past, but in this case, he's simply doing the distances and the ter- with the terrain and the equipment in the same location. But people still come out. People are motivated. They're inspired by, the, by his example. And one guy runs up to him and apparently says, hey man, keep it going. You've, you've only got nine more to go. Let's just say it was 91. You know, day 91, fine. You got nine more to go. And Lawrence looks at him and he says, no, I've got three to go. And apparently the guy who's, who's somehow fresh and running next to a guy who's run 90 full Ironman triathlons sees fit to argue with the dude who's run 90 Ironman triathlons and says, no, 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 man, you're, you got nine left. And Lawrence, again, adamant, three left. What he realizes later and what he tells uh, his host in the interview is that he was three miles from the finish of the marathon. He was at 23.2 or thereabouts, and so he had three miles left to finish for the race for the day. He was so present in that moment, so fixated on simply the next step to the next step to the next step, the farthest in front of him he could see mentally was the end of the three miles remaining for that day's event. It did not register him at, to him at all that he had nine days remaining, each with their own Ironman triathlon. As he tells it, at first, you're thinking, or I'm thinking, he's just kind of messing with this guy. But as he continues to tell the story, you realize he, he's telling the truth. He was so fixated on simply finishing the day it, it did not register at all that nine more, nine would be a legitimate number to describe any part of the experience. He had three miles left. That's all he's focused on. That's all that matters. So whether you take it from my post or you take it from this episode, from this podcast, or you hell, you take it from anybody. Building that dream matters a lot. I talk a lot about vision talk a lot about painting that picture vividly in color with details. But if you've got a grand vision, sometimes it can be counterproductive simply to focus on that and assume everything's going to fall into place. I shouldn't say sometimes it is counterproductive because it's so daunting. What gets people to that vision is simply taking the next step and focusing so with so much effort on that next step and then writing down the next step and the next step and the next step and not thinking about how many steps there are between here and there, simply thinking about what does it look like to finish the next step. 
I have forgotten that so many times in my life. But when I, when I pull myself back, when I reel myself in and I remind myself, just write down the step and get off your own ass about not doing enough today or not doing enough yesterday. When I remind myself of that, not only is my head clearer, not only do I feel better for that day, but I in fact get more done because I've decluttered my head. Where are you headed? What does life look like in the future? What have you pictured? And what would it look like for you to fulfill your potential, for you to be living the dream you harbor, you've got in the back of your mind, and still for you to be serving folks around you and making sure your family gets the time and attention that they deserve from you? How much time are you wasting? If you take nothing else from this episode, I know it's just been me going on for the last however many minutes. If you take nothing else from this episode, ask yourself this one question. How much time am I wasting? How am I wasting time? Where am I wasting time? And then cut that shit out and move and get after whatever the dream is. Family related, professional, personal, whatever it is, whoever you are. What's the next step? Write the next step down. Post it prominently somewhere on the wall, on your desk, at home, at work, whatever. Put it on your forehead for all I care, but put it somewhere where you're going to see it and where, by God, you know, regardless of what you get done today, that one thing will get done, which will mean you're one step closer to that dream. If you want to talk more about um, build your dream and live your dream, I'm building a mastermind and a companion coaching program. I'm not going to go too in-depth on it. Yes, I still work with leaders and talk with leaders, particularly young supervisors and first-time supervisor, manager, leader types who really are looking for support on breaking the cycle of bad leadership that many of us suffer from and suffer under. If you're in a large organization and you look up at your leadership, at your senior managers, and you're like, God, they're all the same. They're all just throwing us under the bus. And at the end of the day, they really just care about their profit, their bottom line, their promotion. If you're wondering if there's a better way, a different way, I'm here to tell you there is. It takes an absolute conviction that you are where you're supposed to be, but there is a better way. If you're in transition professionally, from the military or not. I'm going to have something to talk with you about, hopefully in the next couple of weeks that we're going to roll out as a test. Um, yes, there's a cost to the program, but uh, for, for one test period, we're going to lower the cost dramatically in exchange for your engagement and feedback, really to build a program that is robust, that is uh, at least 10 weeks and then there's a there's a portion of it that's going to extend for for several more months all with all with one goal to give everyone the chance to to build and live the dream they have instead of someone else's that's it you are not alone in wanting to do that you may have convinced yourself that it's impossible for a variety of reasons and i do what i do because it is incredible how, how easy it can be to flip, to switch your perspective, simply listening to a question from somebody on the outside who doesn't know you. That's what coaches do. That's what I do in, in both of my businesses and both lines of work. 
at the end of the day, I'm here to help you develop solutions to your own life's problems. And they're real problems. I'm not downplaying that at all. But the solutions you develop will always be better than the ones I simply hand you. A coach helps someone develop themselves to a higher level, much closer to their ultimate potential. A coach does not deliver information or push an answer like teachers, trainers, consultants, right? All these words kind of get jumbled up and interchanged. That's what I do. I help people in professional transition and I help leaders become real leaders. The people who want to be leaders will become leaders after we're done working. If you're interested in either of those lines of effort, if you've got questions, if you've got comments on the show, email me. You can send your emails either to ask at the last question dot blog or Arun, A-R-U-N at enabledword.com. Both emails are still active. They in fact go to the same spot. Yes, this is the last question podcast, but yes, I still own and operate uh, a business focused on helping others achieve their max. And so at the end of the day, if you send a note to either email address, I will get it. Questions, comments, feedback, concerns about the show, suggestions for the future, absolutely send those my way. And if you want to work on building and living your dream, your dream, and your dream for your family, not someone else's or some other company's, if you want to, if you're ready to get serious about that effort, shoot me a note and let's talk. In the meantime, I usually sign off by reminding you to hug a loved one or a friend, let them know how important they are to you. I'm begging you to please do that and to hug a couple of family members this weekend. Just because you can, just because they're there, and just because every day we get with each other and every day that we get out of bed and our feet hit the ground and we stand up and we move into the day, every day that happens is a gift. So what are you doing with it? How much of it are you squandering? Tell your loved ones how important they are to you. Tell them how important it is that they are in your life, that they affect you for the better. Make sure you are there for them, for their better. Listen to them. Don't dismiss them. Resist the temptation to dismiss when you think they're bringing up something perhaps that's frivolous or not that important. Don't just throw it out the window at first listen. Take a few breaths of fresh air. Get outside. Even if the weather's crappy, get outside. And do everything you can to lead well in every facet of your life. because we only have so much time. It's Friday, July 23rd, 2021. It's late, so you probably won't listen to this until at least the 24th. So have a great day. Have a great weekend. My thanks to every person in uniform taking care of me tonight, awake, overnight, on shift, around the world. If you're on alert, 80 feet down, you know who you are. Whether you're a commander or a deputy on shift, it's nighttime, it's probably quiet upstairs. 
I am grateful for you. And there are many millions that are, they simply don't know you. Hug a loved one, take care of them. Breathe, get your sweat on this weekend. Lead well. Talk soon.